hand him to the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. <laughs> I am Cornholio. Are you threatening me? Are you threatening me? Oh my god. Bungho, bungho, bungho. My you know, dog. That was the last episode before Spoiler Room was sued off the air. Yeah, well, no, we're we're good. We don't have the music videos playing for commentary, True. which which was usually the my favorite part. But couple of dang um, Spider Man <laughs> whacking in my tool shed. <laughs> Who's whacking him up tool shed? My tool shed. Speaking of whacking in tool sheds, hello everyone, <laughs> welcome to another live stream of the Spoiler Room. Yes, thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and sitting with us to talk movie spoilers. And we are wrapping up Space Sucks Month, folks. It's the end of Space Sucks Month, and we wrap up a film that I, all honesty, have never seen. So this will be an interesting, interesting evening, and I've gathered a wonderful crew with me tonight to discuss uh, this film from 1980. We're talking about Without warning, aka I think it's also known as Alien Shock, um, oh, yeah. from 1980. And tonight with me, I have none other than the BFD himself. He's back in the spoiler room with us, Mr. Glenn Bittner. Bittner, Bittner, Bittner. How you doing, Glenn? Super. Super. Got my coffee. It's a bit Irish. I'm happy. <laughs> got a bit of Irish coffee going on. Uh, that's that's all you need, right? Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. And uh, also in the spoiler room, he's back with us once again. Yes, Vampire Ravioli <laughs> is the lovely Andrew Shearer. Hello, sir. How are you? What, what's, what's happening, Captains? <laughs> Not a whole lot. We're going to go hunting lot. tonight. We're going hunting for aliens along with Jack Palance and a slew of other familiar faces. And uh, Mr. Shearer, if you wouldn't mind, uh, giving the synopsis of oh sure uh well, instead of giving you the synopsis of the movie let's take you to the pitch room yes why don't why don't we go to the pitch let's room go to the pitch room where without warning was pitched okay so here's where uh 1980 and you got uh the guys pitching uh you got three three guys in the room trying to get three different projects done so you got the one guy trying to get friday the 13th made you got the other guy trying to get uh predator made and you got this other guy trying to get cloudy with a chance of meatballs made. And so um, they give all the money to the Friday 13th guy, of course. Slam dunk sounds good. Predator sounded a little too expensive. You know, the alien that hunts humans for sport or whatever. And cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Forget it. That's no, nobody's wants kids don't go to the movies. And so, uh, you know, they green light Friday 13th. The guy, you know, there's another guy in the corner. It hurt all of them, and he goes, <laughs> Let's see, teenagers in the woods, uh, alien hunting them, flying raviolis. <laughs> <laughs> That's without one. <laughs> flying raviolis. 
yeah, but who are we going to get started? It's okay. I got some friends. They owe me favors. They'll be in this movie. That's right. Larry Stork. Oh, you already missed him. Yeah. Larry Stork was so great, dude, with those Cub Scouts or Boy Scout, whatever they were. The, the Boy Scouts, yes. So, yeah, it's your alien hunts people. Uh, 1980s. So we're talking uh, before, before the Predator uh, film. Uh, but you're right. There are a few similarities to this film. And there's also a connection, which we won't get into right away. But there's a connection to Predator oh, with yes, this there film. Is. That uh, leading to the reason why I watched this back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, this, we'll, we'll get to my thoughts a little bit. No one cares about my thoughts. I care about my crew's thoughts on this. Glenn, we you care about your thoughts, Mark, <laughs> the movie man. You're the movie man. <laughs> Glenn... Uh, do you remember when you first saw it without warning? Did you uh, see it when it came out? Was it on cable? When did you see it? Um, I remember seeing snippets of it here and there. The first time I watched the whole thing was three hours ago. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Awesome. So, but I, I've seen snippets of it because I've seen I've seen bits with Martin Landau being all you know, Sergeant whatever his yeah. name is, you know, giving his rank and serial number and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergeant, Sergeant Fred Dobbs. <laughs> um, so I remember seeing bits of it, but uh, I, I had never seen like the whole thing, like beginning to end. Sure. So, and, and, and what'd you think of it? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, for something that obviously had, you know, a budget that consisted of, of primarily, you know, some favors and a lifetime supply of Chef Boyardee. I mean, they did all right. Yeah, they, they, they did. They did. <laughs> and uh, Andrew, uh, when did you first watch this? Uh, I was at one point um, dedicating myself to seeing everything that Kevin Peter Hall ever mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Because um, as a kid, obviously love Misfits of Science, love Predator, love Harry and the Hendersons, um, but I, I knew that this wasn't everything that he'd made. But he died very young at age thirty-five. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it was. It was um, a bad blood transfusion, mm-hmm. and so um, he uh, he seven feet two and a half inches tall. Yeah, he's a big guy. Um, but yeah, I wanted to see all of his creature roles, and uh, without warning was really hard to find for some reason. It is. Like the other ones weren't as hard to find, but without warning was really hard to find. I didn't em- end up seeing it until it was on Blu-ray. Oh. It was not very long ago that Shout Factory put it out, or Scream Factory. And um, I did not think this was a good movie, but I really loved Kevin Peter Hall and uh, loved that Rick Baker makeup that he's in. Um, loved that snarl that he gives right before the big explosion. Um, but I did rewatch for this podcast and, um, you know, Landau and Pallets, uh, particularly Landau, he's got a kind of finger in the socket quality to his performance. So I, I really do that aspect of it. I do enjoy that. It, you know, I was like, are Landau and Pallets going to try to out grizzle each other? <laughs> well, considering uh, the uh, salary that went to, Landau and Palance was half this film's budget. Um, <laughs> the film apparently was made at $150,000. $75,000 of it went to Palance 
and land. <laughs> but it wasn't even though. Palance got the fifty. Linda mm. got the twenty-five. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, I. It's not a a, a great film, but there's a lot of great interesting ideas they're doing in here and yeah palance and landau i think this film really would get just buried into complete obscurity it's already but not as much if they weren't in it though because these two guys are at they're professionals you could tell they're professionals they know they're in a low budget shtick film they're either you know and yet they're they're putting their all into these roles. I'm like they're acting like in a completely different movie, and I loved it. <laughs> you know, I mean, Pallet shows up, and Sully the film just instantly gets better when his character shows up, and yeah. Landau too when he shows up. You're like, I'm interested in these guys. I could care less about the teenagers, but holy crap, these guys! There were teenagers in this. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> They were supposedly teenagers. Hey, it was the Scream debut of Mr. David Caruso. Uh, <laughs> yeah! That was a good one, Mark. Uh, For those who are listening and not seeing, Mark just took his glasses off. <laughs> it was badass. It was kind of a reverse uh, <laughs> Caruso. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, of course, they're the most notable faces in here, but it, it surprised me what they did. Yeah, Rick Baker, early makeup you know the fact you got kevin peter hall in here guy who yeah i i've loved his work as a monster you know the predator alone i mean yeah. man you know i if it's not for his performance that that creature could easily just kind of fade but he really gives it personality um they filmed this in like what three weeks <laughs> yeah but it was to get a tax to get under the tax shelter for the year they had to had to, it actually had to come out that year. Yeah, yeah. Well, it got uh it was by a, a movie company, Filmway Pictures, who sold it to Orion <laughs> Pictures, <laughs> and we saw where that went for Orion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it basically it's it's an alien hunting people. We don't know exactly why the aliens there. Um, and it does fit into the space sucks category. Okay. Because, oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. I mean, this film doesn't waste time. We've got a hunter, uh, and it's 1980. So you've got the hunter dad and the hippie son <laughs> arguing and suddenly, yeah. Uh, Andrew, your name says it all. What comes after the hunter guy? <laughs> I mean, Glenn, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm a, I'm a person that loves pasta, and this just, to me, looked like, yeah, some mushroom raviolis. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, without a doubt. <laughs> but there's... The, the, I, mean, I mean, I mean, he it paid 19 grand for Rick Baker to make the alien mask, and it was 79 cents for that can of... <laughs> Great can of... <laughs> overstuffed yeah. ravioli. Harry, Harry ravioli it looked like the first shot we get of these two because these little creatures fly out and land on people and they suck their blood out of them basically um and they're actually pretty they're pretty creepy looking for a film of this budget but they're still they're, i liked them you know uh the fact practical effects alone is always fun you know 
and and they do some fun camera tricks but yeah they they look when they spun they look like furry ravioli <laughs> and when they're stuck to someone and sucking their blood it's just funny it is it's funny. gross it is gross like they do it shows the tentacles burrow into the skin and you know start sucking the blood and it, at one point a character rips it off of themselves and you see the long that you know yeah. it's definitely sucking on blood but whoa dude well, that... it, it's it is 79 cents i think it's being generous <laughs> <laughs> glenn was being kind yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah but, but... Well, like i said for you know having some favors and some ravioli they did all right and that's where I like for a 1980 film like this, they do all right. They're, they're, you know, what they're given. I mean, I, 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 I like the little gimmick of the little plastic guys sticking there, you know, because you can actually see the things moving. They put at least enough effort to where it's not like someone like, ah, you know, grabbing their, their chest or whatever, and then moving around. They do shots where the creatures actually got its little things going into little prosthetic skin. You know, it, yeah. it's, I mean, it's it's a shot. They could have easily just gone, oh, just, you know, glued it to the person's jacket and that's it. But they actually put in some shots that you could tell they were trying. No, no. What they are trying to do, this is what I really do believe. Um, so I have the book that the director wrote. It was a Kindle book uh, a few years ago. And I was only familiar with Satan sadists. Uh is you know great he made some good biker movie but um yeah uh, his main thing with those creatures you know they were his idea he just wanted to create something nobody had ever seen before he just wanted an original thing and i think he succeeded because when if you've seen without warning this is what you're gonna remember the flying revenue <laughs> you are more so than the alien because you don't get the aliens for much of it it, no. it shows up as in in a, in a film as much as like the aliens in shark encounters of the first kind or whatever it was that uh, Polonia put out a couple of years ago, you see the alien there about it as much as you do here. You know, you know, you don't really see him too much. They take that jaws approach. Don't they Glenn with this film to where you do a lot of POV of the alien through the grass. You never actually, you don't see him that often. No, you do not. Uh, <laughs> not, not much at all. And when you do a lot of it is, is like long shots. Mm-hmm. So you don't get a lot of like close-ups of, of the alien. Which is weird because you would have figured with the money that they forked out for the mask and the alien get up, you'd be showing that on camera like constantly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just, I guess you would lose your kind of like impact of Act 3 reveal. Yeah, that's true. You know? But even then, they don't. They don't, you don't see them as much as you should. It's a good looking. It, it is. You know, it's weird they had more of the confidence in the ravioli than they did in this makeup. <laughs> and yet, but they, they did show you, like you said, front and center, get the monsters going. Yeah. That was really a good drive-in sizzle. It was. I mean, it, it, it pulls you in, and then you get the, the credit sequence. And like I said, you, you do your Jaws shots of where you get the POV of the creature rather than the creature itself. It was totally a Jaws approach. I like watching this going... Oh, they watched Jaws. Okay. <laughs> like, we can build tension by just giving you the POV of the alien. We don't have to show the alien actually working. And then, yeah, we don't have to have the guy on set. <laughs> the, the subplot that surprised me 
on this. And Glenn, I don't know if it surprised you that it's in there. What I was with Landau's Sarge character and basically 1980, we're dealing with PTSD here. Yeah. I mean, does that surprise you? Like a film like this, suddenly it's like this crops up and like, well, this is actually a little bit, I mean, they don't handle it that well, but it's still a heavy topic that they bring up. <laughs> it is. Or, I mean, I don't think they brought it up to be a heavy topic. They right. brought it up because they wanted someone who could be nuts. That's what that's what they had it for. I mean, it was yeah. just, you know, and they they wanted someone who would kind of go off. And it, I guess, I can see them playing the PTSD into the you know the kind of whole you know uh, conspiracy theory type thing too, because that's kind of how he also played it, right? And how the script played him, you know, mm -hmm. the whole you know you've been taken over. By these aliens they replaced you they killed you and replaced you um so yeah you know that i mean that even harkens back to the old uh communist you know some of those alien films like invasion of the body statures communism taking over people oh, yeah. you know you've been replaced by someone else who looks like you but you're actually an alien you're not you know or you're a communist now, you, know. you gotta say it right though hmm. Commie? I'm going to say it like Jack Palance. Oh. Alien! <laughs> Alien! Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I bust out laughing so much at that scene, because that's a scene I've seen before, because sure. I had a friend who had all these different clips, and that's one he had where just there's Jack Palance just suddenly screaming the word alien and running at this thing. And I'm like, <laughs> did he just shout alien? That's it? That's it. Now maybe it was a long lost friend of his that he, you know, and he thought maybe the guy was dead, and you know, <laughs> I mean, they want you to think that Pounce's character might be um, in cahoots with the aliens or might be in charge of the aliens. I feel like they sort of tried to plant that in the beginning by, uh, you know, him warning them about it, and then you start to see the kids get dropped off, and you're like, wait a second, now, yeah, what did Jack Palance know? Jack Palance is Joe Taylor, who they first meet no. at at the ga gas station, which it was a gas station that would have had the Sawyer family going, "What the fuck?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean this this thing, you know, you, you, dude, at least get rid of the cobwebs, man. Yeah, don't eat the hot dogs. Don't eat the hot dogs. No. Uh, well, is that what those are? I thought those were uh, beef sticks or something. <laughs> well, they began as eggs, believe it or not, pickled eggs. <laughs> were eggs now hot dogs out beef sticks yeah because the kids meet up in that which again you know i, I there there's sections in here that i loved i loved the whole idea with the the gas station where they meet up and uh, that's where they first see sarge uh you know because the the girls break into the men's bathroom because the girls bathroom is, is locked and he's in there and uh you know there's just that phrase in there that they don't really do much with uh, the no escape, you know, no place, nowhere, no escape or something like that. Uh, uh, I had it in my notes somewhere. Sorry, I did not write it down. Um, that, that that scene bugged me a little bit, though, where the, the girls are like, yeah, there's this weird guy in the bathroom. I'm like, you were in his bathroom. Remember that? <laughs> you, were, you were in the <laughs> men's <laughs> bathroom. You were in the men's bathroom. So him being there was like not, not weird. <laughs> well, well, the fact that she stops it, you know. He's like, what the hell are you doing in here? This is a men's bathroom. She's like, the girl's bathroom was locked. Hey, what's that graffiti mean? Like, he's just going to know. And he's like, what? He's like, you know. And, and, <laughs> yeah, so they're. Uh, I did like, though, the 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 what they did with the um, 
scout troop though because like you said larry stork shows up for a very short time as leader of the scout troop basically to become uh uh food for the flying raviolis uh which now they're that's what they're just going to be called folks okay uh <laughs> <laughs> is flying flying raviolis uh short that to flavioli flavioli Flavioli, Flavioli, flying vampire ravioli. Yeah. Well, the V, you've already got it in there, so the V could do both the violi for and for the vampire part. Vampioli. Yeah. There's a movie I want Andrew to make. Vampioli, dude. I, you know, I I made a movie about a vampire butt, so I'm pretty much I'm. Oh, you're vampire. Yeah. Yeah. You you you've that that's run its course. That well dry. <laughs> Literally, um, <laughs> but yeah, you get Martin Landau as sergeant again. His acting in here as well. I'm like sitting here going, "Dude, you you know you're in a really low budget horror film, right?" Because he's all into this character. He's Sarge. It's like, wow. He he just goes for the bleachers at it. And Palance is is Jack Palance. He he's a badass throughout this whole film, and a, yeah. and they give the idea that these two guys served with each other. Yes. Yeah, you know, which I thought was interesting, showing you, you know, the the effects of because this is only what ninety five years removed from Vietnam, six, you know. So I mean, it's still fresh, kind of in people, you know. So these these two guys are are vets from Nam um, that you get, uh, and yeah, I, I I love the dynamic between Sarge and, and Joe because you're right, Andrew. They play through most of this film like. Joe might be in cahoots with the vamp with the, the, the space alien um, because just the way he talks to the young folks who are just getting terrorized by the raviolis and, and by the alien itself, um, which, you know, their, their friends go disappear. They, they disappear and they go looking for them. And then they find this awesome scene in the shed. Andrew, what do you think of the shed scene where they find the bodies of all the people that the raviolis of the vampiolis have eaten? It's fabulous. This movie was shot by Dean Cundy, and he had worked with the director before getting Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then he's right off of Halloween. So he didn't have to do this movie, but he, I think, did it as a favor because of the, this guy who got it, gave him his start. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for those of you who are like, without warning, uh, it's like Dean Cundy. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is a you know major Hollywood name, definitely, from shooting Halloween. That's known as having excellent, innovative, great cinematography for a low budget movie. So Cundy's does this thing where he kind of puts you in. You feel like you're really in there mm-hmm. because you know with suspense, we know right it works a couple of different ways. You know more than the characters, or you don't know. You know you're finding it out exactly at the same time, and so we don't know what's going to happen in there either. Right, and we don't know the long term effects of having a, a ravioli on your your skin there and so um when they go in and see all these people are just they are just they look like zombie i mean they just they're screwed yeah. they're just so gross um and oozing and <laughs> yeah exactly no these ravioli do have a a filling yeah. as it turns out that is uh, not only mushroom but also a bit of uh you know, some uh, hollandaise maybe yeah. or yeah like a hollandaise sauce cheese. what do you yeah. say, what do you think Glenn? a little bit of I don't know. What did it look like to you? Yeah, it could have been Bavarian. It was too runny. Yeah, no, it was it was more like a hollandaise sauce. Um, <laughs> so glad you could uh, with me. Ooh, actually, it could be. I Fresh bet this was like a you know like a 
reject filling for Cadbury eggs. Oh, yeah. Like they made a little too runny. So I was like, oh, we can't use this. What can we do with it? Because when you cut it on his knife, it was ravioli with. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I'm into it. Wow. Getting hungry talking about this movie. Getting hungry talking about this movie. One of the things I loved about the Joe Taylor character is, I mean, he, he gives that wonderful speech about hunting, which, again, it's Jack Palance. I could watch him read the instructions off the back of a box and he'd make it interesting just because of the voice and his delivery. It's like, I mean, he's playing Jack Palance. I mean, he he doesn't, you know... His characters that he plays are are pretty much the same, but I love all of them just because of his personality. As a villain, I mean, he's from Shane, yeah. you know? Um, and even as the, the... I grew up with him as the host of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yep, me too. Me too. Yeah, he was wonderful. He kept me interested in Ripley's Believe I mean, he'd make like the most lamest Ripley fact sound just interesting <laughs> as hell. With the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know you'd have the lady with the longest nails you're like and in africa and he just put these emphasis and this energy and you're just like wow that's freaking cool and all he heard they're just long nails but but he just make it sound like so mysterious with that voice oh God, he dude. had dude if you woke up to him reading yeah like the instructions to the stereo <laughs> or something you'd be like oh god <laughs> so i mean he's wonderful he's actually in a hero role in this but you're not quite sure because you've seen him in a lot more bad guy type roles so they they play to that in this and they make you think that he's he's on the other side or he's at least using these alien murders to his advantage and then you get sarge who who wants to kill the alien um and I'm glad these guys got the most screen time because the teenagers were your basic teenagers. I mean, we literally opened the scene again. It is 1980, but we literally opened the scene with the two guys. <laughs> we're going camping and we're going to get laid, <laughs> you know, main approach to them. And and the ladies, uh, not much to their characters, really. Uh, a lot of yelling and and oh, my God. Um, but then you, it just makes Jack Palance that much more badass, doesn't it, though, Glad? Because he gets a ravioli on him, but he's like unfazed. <laughs> What's he yeah, doing? He just, I guess I get my knife out and cut this son of a bitch off. <laughs> and he does that. I mean, he's he, he's got to be badass. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you think about the fact that he and Lando served in Vietnam, I mean, they would have been like forty something. Yeah. When they got, I mean, do they get drafted? They had to have volunteered because there's no way they drafted like 45 year old men to go to Vietnam. Yeah, no, so- I mean, he had to have been if you know if, if if he was over there fighting. I mean, just like that must have been. He must have been like a, a lifer until mm-hmm. like Vietnam. Like, all right, now I'm done. Yeah, uh, or he he might have been like semi-retired reserve or something. They had to get called in or something. I love how we're coming up with the reasons why they were <laughs> yeah. in that war. Well, it's just. It's just Jack Palance being a badass. And, you know, Sarge, well, Sarge mentions he was honorably discharged. So these two guys, that was probably their last duty was Nam near the end of their career. They were career soldiers. They were probably, you know, and uh, Sarge just was affected differently. Whereas Joe Taylor is unaffected by alien creatures attached to him. He just cuts the fuckers right off like multiple times. And the only time he gets done in is near the end. He gets one on his back that he can't reach with his knife, you know, and 
Now, if this was modern times, the girl uh, with him would have just cut that shit right off. But no, he's like, ah, ah. And she's like, ah. And he's, you know, here, take the knife and cut it off. And she, and she doesn't, you know. So that's when he sacrifices himself because the alien won't get close enough to the shed with the bodies so that they can blow it up. Which, again, there's element. This is like sequences and elements of this film that I enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed the whole bit where Sarge goes off the rails in the bar. You know, that's actually a really great sequence. The I bar think. is, But the bar is, to me, the best part of this movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than Kevin Peter Hall, which is, again, the reason to watch that makeup they don't give you enough of that. But that bar, that was all shot in one day, and the guy filled it with day player actors. I mean, he, like you said, with him calling the favors and stuff, think of the people that are in that. Because it's, you know, you got Palance and Landau coming in, but uh, it's, yeah, it's just, it's full of these names. And when you look at it, you're like, dude, I mean, he, they made it work. And then Palance, of course, runs the table. Yeah. And then Landau, you know, he just dials it up. What I wanted to mention, though, one thing about the teenagers, uh, this one kid, Greg, guy with the dark hair. Yeah. Do you think he was just maybe seeing how crazy and the level that Landau was at? Do you think he was trying his little, you know, Donny Osmond version of that? He was, <laughs> I hate it when people don't come back when they say they're going to. Oh, yeah. Guess yeah. Go look for him. You know, it's like like Jiminy Cricket, you know. <laughs> Well, he was supposed to be the good guy. The, his buddy was the, the, the player, you know, and yeah, he, well, the he... good guy was pretty much a bitch. I mean, um, but uh, I did read in that book that um, the girl who played Sandy. Yeah. The young woman who played Sandy. Tara Nutter. Yeah. Total yeah. asshole in real life. Really? Kept stopping the knowing that the movie was under a really tight schedule. Yeah, like refuse to do certain shots, things like that when things were going behind and they're like, we need to keep you on set just for a little longer so we can get this one shot. Like, no, I'm going home. Wow. And one part she swore she twisted her ankle and insisted on them taking her to the hospital. Even, And she also insisted on being taken in the ambulance that they needed for that awesome high fall when those two characters jump off the bridge. That's a great stunt. Oh, that's a great stunt. That surprised me that was in this because yeah. they're being chased by Landau, who at one point, well, Sarge, who at one point just snaps. He shot a cop on accident thinking he's the alien. <laughs> uh, and then he's going after the kids. After they escaped the cop car, he stole. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, they, they, they get to a bridge and they got nowhere else to go. And they jump off and I'm like, oh, crap, these people are actually jumping off the bridge. <laughs> They've got was, two people who actually jumped off this bridge. It was a super high fall. But anyway, yeah, she wanted to be taken to the hospital for her sprain. It wasn't actually a sprain in oh, that geez. ambulance. So, yeah, she was. Wow. I don't think she worked very much uh, after that. I mean, you know, a nobody who is then commanding like their Jack Palance or. But of course, Palance and Landau would have never complained. They could have, you know, their toe could have come off and they would have been like, all right, let's fight. <laughs> no stunt people. <laughs> well, she apparently did her own stunt for falling into the trap that Sarge had put around trying to capture the alien. He put these uh, without the spikes. He put these these traps in uh, that were covered up the whole ye old hole in the ground trap <laughs> um, that she falls through that I thought was again was an impressive thing to happen, at least. 
Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> and so she did that stunt apparently on her yeah. own. But yeah, according to according to what yeah, what the guy said about making the movie was uh, she was kind of an asshole. But Palance and Landau worked way past, and everybody that worked that bar scene mm-hmm. worked way past the eight the regular eight hours to get it done. And well, it's a great scene. Well, that's because that's you mentioned it's, it's veterans. You had uh, they were all veterans in that. I mean, what Cameron yeah, Mi- Mitchell, Neville Brand, Ralph Meeker, uh, Sue Ann Langdon, Sue as Ann Langdon the, <laughs> as the bartender. That could yeah, have been just some yeah. old dude. Wasn't that great, Glenn? Because like you already have a movie full of grizzled old dudes. That's usually the bartender role is who he gets that role. But because they had a cast was already full of them, you give it to Sue Ann Langdon. I thought that was like genius. They're, yeah. I'm not saying it's a terrible movie. Mm. <laughs> it's not a great no. It's it's not a great movie, but it's it's, it's a really well acted bad movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is the script they're working on is wafer thin along with their budget, yet they got enough of these veteran actors for this bar scene who are of that old school to where I don't care if I'm making a film that is a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars. I am going to play this role and put all my talent behind that role. I mean, that's what Palance is doing in this. That's what's Landau. And that's what all these people in this bar scene are. I'm like, this is a wonderful sequence. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's worth mentioning too, that uh, Glenn, you're going to say something, man. I was going to say, I, I think that's just also just a lot of those actors had, you know, I mean, how long have they been in film right. mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, a lot of them, even back, you know, in their heydays, they, you know, it's not like they were making, you know, a million dollars a picture. Right. So, you know, I mean, how many of them have, I mean, have done other, you know, shoot a movie in, in a week or two type of things, mm-hmm. project. So, and yeah. on, on top of the fact that a lot of them are, are you know, they're at their, you know, they, they've already peaked and they're, they're, they're on their way down. Right. So, but I mean, they all still bring it. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't, I can't think of a role I've ever seen Martin Lando in where he he wasn't that like level above where he just like nope 110 percent all the yeah. time every time. Well, it God, it's your face, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's you, it's your name that's got to be valuable to you. Uh, and and, and uh, you know, also it's good to remember that actors are unemployed after every movie. That they do. <laughs> it's true. Well, you well, know? Well, Jeremy Irons then. So, <laughs> yeah, some people just love to make movies, but also, you know, Landau and Palance went on to both win Oscars in the next decade, and they could mm-hmm. uh, City Slickers and Ed Wood, right? Sadly, Palance did not win it in his other 1980 flick, Hawk the Slayer. But well, yeah, there's that. I don't I think I've seen that, man. You haven't oh seen Hawk the Slayer? Oh, mm-hmm. well, it's 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 for a nerd like me, it's the ultimate nerd movie because it is a and D game in a movie. <laughs> That sounds great. My brother's like huge into that. And um, yeah, my friend Hannah is as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hawk the Slayer is, is definitely one of those that that's the, that's your Dungeons and Dragons movie, not the actual Dungeons and Dragons movie from 2000. No, the Hawk the Slayer is your D and D. Yeah. Movie. I, I didn't see the, um, I was a fan of the cartoon now that we're totally sidebarring with the, oh, sure. I, I love that cartoon. Oh yeah, the cartoon was awesome, and you got actually the... terrified me. A couple of the episodes actually terrified. I I, I loved the cartoon because it was uh, you got basically the origin story of the movie in the opening every episode because that's how the whole damn series started. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> but getting back to our flying raviolis and Kevin Peter Hall and, and the Jack Palance and all these names in this film, 
Um, and I, the thief acrobat and uh, and a thief and acrobat the barbarian. <laughs> yeah, and and in uni, <laughs> uni. There you go. Um, yep. I I you know it's just it is fascinating. This I I love films like this, and this is why I enjoy seeing B films and and I know they get so much flack especially early ones like the 80s and that but it always surprises me when you run across films like this that have like known names in it it's like a movie that you know not many people talk about but you know somebody had to get a start somewhere or they were still they had to get work and we talk about it a lot in in film circles that nowadays oh did you see that movie Bruce Willis is doing now he's doing like anything for a paycheck or you know, Sam Jackson, he was just in, you know, uh, the Star Wars hundred, you know, $200 million movie. And now he's making this direct to video stuff. But it's like you said, Andrew, I think actors got to feed themselves. They, they do. And, and that's and it all kind of works together, too, because you can get a movie. You can get people to sign on, you know, like HBO will buy your movie for you for, you know, the if if you've got a name that, that people know. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. You know, it's, it's uh, it all kind of keeps moving itself along you know they're, they're like okay so is uh, everybody's white in this right <laughs> how about kevin peter hall now we know he's black oh no no yeah. we put him in a no we'll fine. put him in a suit and he'll be green so it'll be fine kind of yeah. green so but... yeah so, so just to make sure now a bunch of white kids go to a weird town full of white people and, and then they get attacked by ravioli it is it is 1990 andrew so <laughs> i'm not saying it's right i'm saying that yeah it's like, that still was the standard uh, back then. I don't know. When was Blackula made? That's true. Yeah, man, Black. Oh, well, let's not get me started. No, you, oh, sure. You had to fire him up on Blackula. Just getting, getting us back to the movie, and then you got to bring up Blackula in front he of Andrew. He wasn't from space, man, but, you know, no, he, 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 uh, he occupies a significant amount of mm -hmm. real estate in Andrew's heart. But it, but what you were saying, Andrew, I mean, both Palance and Lando in the 80s, in this, they, they go on later to get Academy Awards. Yet they're in a film like this that's $150,000 where half of the film was their butt, was their hey, salary. Hey, they got paid, man. They and they got, got paid. paid. And, you know, there's other movies, too. I mean, we, we talked about, we've talked about them this year, you know, you, you've... You, this month uh, have been other like low grade sci-fi B horror films that have names in them because people mm -hmm. got to eat and either they got their start in it or it's their, their, you know, like you said, they're on their peak, but they're still want to act. But Hollywood big budget films aren't going to hire them because they're old, yeah. you know, no, the, they just want to know, are you working? Yeah. And they be like, look, man, I did two movies this year. Mm -hmm. like, cool. Yeah, the people still want you. It looks good on everybody, really. Mm -hmm. I don't. It doesn't matter, you know. So, uh, so yeah, you have this low budget horror film that's got these names in it, and they're they don't care. They're still acting as if they're in that wide release film, <laughs> and I love it. That's why I love these things. Though that's where I was going with it is that some of these talents, it doesn't matter what budget film they're in. They put their all. Bruce Willis, on the other hand, some of the films, it looks like he's checked out. He's like, yeah, the check cleared. Let's go. Um, oh, my God, dude. Ever listen to Kevin Smith talk about him and Cop Out? Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. I have to say it changed my views of, mm -hmm. or formed, rather, my views of Bruce Willis. Well, it changed his opinion of it, too, because he was a hero. <laughs> Bruce Willis was a hero of his till, till then. I know. What a story. So, but, you know, for that, how many stories are 
untold about that stuff happening but oh, uh, no from from what i read about um about without warning man palance and and um and uh landau were were badasses and uh, uh who who's in the beginning a Cam- uh, cameron mitchell yeah okay yeah, yeah. cameron mitchell yeah, this is what they said about Cameron Mitchell. Cameron Mitchell's agent is like, do not pay Cameron Mitchell in cash. He's gonna go out and and you know give it to his bookie or whatever. You know, <laughs> he's like, don't give him his money. And then of course Cameron Mitchell said, I'm not doing shit until you give me my money. And he's like, his agent's no, I don't care what agent. I will not act. So they give him a thousand dollars, runs over as a dude sitting in the car, he hands it to him. And then <laughs> And again, that's why I love these movies, too, because you get stories like that of an actor paying his bookie with his salary he just made. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this this got I will say for the a film like this, I it was better than expected for me. It's not a great film, but it definitely is a competently shot film, kind of. You know, put together. I mean, the narrative plays, it's not all over the place. They managed to keep this story going and moving. And the characters, thanks to Palance and Landau, I know we keep bringing it up, but they are the, those are the, the linchpins for this film is that they, they, they're like solid. And yeah. I think if you had anyone else in this film, it, it just fall, would not do it for me. But I loved every minute they were on screen. And, you know, it was it became their show. You thought it was going to be the teenagers and it becomes their movie. <laughs> yeah. really and they're in a leadership position, though, dude. Right. On set, you know, like if everybody sees them giving 110 percent, especially if you're younger, you're like, I'm not going to let him show show me up shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, piece of me, grandpa. And and they don't. And there is a little bit of suspense, like the scene in the house I, I liked because. Uh, eventually while they're on the run, the two teenagers that are left end up running through the woods away from the raviolis and the, the alien who they can't quite see. Uh, and they find this random house that was like a hunter's house. Cause they've established this is a hunter's area already, which was great because then you, if you run across like the old shack where the bodies are in or this old house, it's like, Oh, okay. It's someone's hunting house or it shack. Probably was better that the cast was white. Cause yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have been a very long movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, but they they go into this house, and I love the one scene though. So they go into this house. She's she's they're they're kind of cold in that. So what does she do to keep warm? She puts on a shirt, but no pants. <laughs> That's great. That's what I do. That's, that's Glenn. Is that what you do? Like you're cold. You're like you've got. Uh, shirt and pants on but you're cold so you take them both off put on a flannel shirt but no pants is that what you do well i mean it's flannel so it just it it warms everything right you don't need pants. (laughs) that's a lot of flannel in this movie there is a lot of flannel in this movie uh i was impressed that the two teenagers that were survived i thought for sure they were leading to some kind of love scene but they don't there is no love scene between those two. Drinks coffee instead. <laughs> you think they're setting it up because they're in the house. They've they've suffered a traumatic event. The ye old horror story formula. They suffered a traumatic event. They feel safe inside this house. 
they get undressed and, huh? and she has the the memory of the uh music box and there's like two more of the she has that trauma because you know, it's a reminder of the of the music box that you know dead girl gave her yeah her it's friend like, who like, got killed she sees a music box. This is exactly like my friend. And she's only got the flannel shirt on, no bottoms. Neither does he either. You're thinking they're setting up for your standard cliche. Okay, these two are going to go into the bed together. But no, you're right. You go to bed. I go downstairs and watch. I'm going to get some Sanka. <laughs> he did, man. But were you all surprised that she turned that, 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 that guy died so far into the movie who they're setting up as the dashing young hero? Did that shock you at all? That part where she turns the chair all psycho style and he's just all eh with the ravioli face? Not really. I I, no? I, I had a feeling it would come down to her and Palance at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder why they didn't let her be more of a badass. If you're going to try the final girl thing, they they want the old man to be the hero, which is cool because it's Palance. I mean, I mean it's, especially with... Uh, um, what's his face involved, you know, I mean, coming off of Halloween, it's like, you'd think that if they haven't worked on it, they've seen Halloween, mm-hmm. right? You'd think it's like, I mean, it was the director's show. I mean, they had to follow the script. I mean, yeah. You know, so, well, and what do you expect from a guy who, you know, one of the writers who eventually goes on to, you know, help create Saved by the Bell. So is that what, <laughs> yeah, like, like one of the dudes wrote like a ton of episodes were Saved by the Bell. Oh shit! Wow. Like, I I also just I love when I see movies like this where it's like, and I'm like, how get three writers and this is what three people came up with? Together? Right. I've thought that about songs a lot that I hear and I'm like, wow, twenty five oh people really? Oh my god, this guy did. He did without warning was his first movie. He did write a couple others. He wrote a Poison Ivy film from '85, Kid Co. But then he did Saved by the Bell, Hawaiian style. Saved by the Bell, he wrote 15 episodes, an episode of Saved by the Bell, College Years, and Saved by the Bell, the new class. He was the developer of it. Bennett Tramer. That Yo, is- how great yeah. would it have been Saved by the Bell without warning, though? Like, just put them kids in this thing, you know, and bring Sarge there and Joe Taylor. Oh, shit. How great would that have been, man? Now I want to see that movie, the Saved by the Bell kids in the van, and they run across Palance and and Lando's character, Sarge and Joe. Holy crap. That'd be a lot of fun. I know it'd be even better, man, instead of Lando, Chris Farley. Isn't that fully the motivational veteran? See now you now you're you're casting this as if uh, it, it's in the late eight, the eighties early nineties now now we're that's where we're Sergeant, going. Sergeant Fred Dobbs here, Sergeant Fred Dobbs. Yeah. <laughs> my van by the river. He always would do. <laughs> oh come on! Really. Is that a space vampire? <laughs> he takes a shot at the alien, and he just like like Palance does. He takes a shot at the alien at the end, and it it just cuts into the alien's arm, and he just goes, "Oh come on!" Come on. Come on. <laughs> You're going to have a vampire ravioli sucking your blood out by the river. <laughs> by the river. <laughs> the other guy in this, Daniel Grodnick, <laughs> he, <laughs> now I'm picturing that. Wow. I'm still oh, stuck bad. there. You're stuck there. It's okay. Glad he, you do that good, man. You do that really good. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really write too much other things. He produced a lot of films, but the other writer in here, one of the other three writers, 
only produced a number of films. He only wrote six others. And the third person, well, Lynn, Lynn Freeman, that's this is the only film written by. So, but uh, but the one writer, Daniel Grodnick, I mean, he was the executive producer on Christmas Vacation. I know, right? How's that work? Well, I mean, no, it's, it's, you work your way up. This is, you know, he, well, I mean, he was a producer. He had made some contacts and got some money. And yeah, that was it. Yeah. Or he knew how to get, or actually, you don't necessarily have to have money as a producer. You just have to know how to get other people's money. Right. And I suspect that's what he was good at because even up through 2020, he's been producing a lot of films. Yeah. Uh, so even though he only wrote six, he's been a big producer, which is his claim to fame, which I wouldn't, su I would suspect that's, he was probably played a part into getting the $150,000 they needed for this movie. He probably could have gotten a lot more, honestly, because some of the investors, um, you know, they were pulling down like a million, half a million a year. Yeah. So he probably just went low when he didn't even realize he probably could have went higher. But you know, well, especially uh, especially with the names, if you're talking about old money yet in Hollywood, I'm sure he could have probably got more if he said, "We've got Palance and we've got Landau." They'd be like, "Oh, you know," and even some of the bar patrons from Space 1999. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so I mean, it, it could have been more. It's again i enjoyed it far more than i thought i would it's not great but it's better than expected <laughs> i think for a horror film from 1980 you know a b horror film that's schlocky that's just got the one gimmick uh with the alien um yeah you know I, it's it's i think if you're fans of palance and landau you should watch it because they are on screen quite a bit and you want to see David Crusoe with a weird haircut. Yeah. And, and 1980, let's face it, man, it was still the seventies. Yeah, it and was. So, you know, you, you, if you're a fan of, I think seventies are the best for movies, music, everything. And, and so I, uh, well, not everything <laughs> science, yeah. but like still, um, this would, I think fall in there. And so if you're wanting to see, you know, um, people like Greg Canham and and, um, and Rick Baker still in the beginnings of their career, some of the stuff they made. Right. Uh, but like I said in the beginning, Kevin Peter Hall um, died far too young and was left such an impression and is responsible. For, he was the guy behind so many great, great creatures. Uh, most people just know him. Yeah, as Predator. Uh, some know that Harry, Harry from Harry and Henderson's uh, was also him. But um, yeah, he he, was, it's worth not even 40 was he no he's 35 mm -hmm. yeah and so that that kind of led me to it i was just like well he was known for playing creatures let's uh let's make sure we see all these creatures you know <laughs> not let that guy's legacy be lost because he was yeah it was very early in the 90s when he passed yeah it, it was and uh well this was uh what was this was this this wasn't his first role though he had been no he was in another film with another famous person later on, uh, Mazes and Monsters. He oh, was right. With he was Tom Hanks. Who was he in Mazes and Monsters? He played Goreville, one of the creatures uh, guys. I think the troll or something. I forgot. It's been a long time I have not since seen I watched that in it. So long, dude. But, no, no, no. His, I didn't. I didn't realize he was in Misfits of Science. Yes, that's what I said at the beginning. Yeah. Misfits. Oh, of I Science. didn't hear you say that, man. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. yeah. He touched the back of his head. You know, yeah. and he was, oh my god, prophecy. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah, that, I, I, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the right movie. Yeah, they're like, I remember there's, there's like a scene where they're like hiding out like in a cave or something. Like, I think it's gone. And the dude sticks his head out and plop, there goes the head. <laughs> Prophecy's good. That's another one that I feel yeah. like maybe recently got released on Blu-ray. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, um, you have, uh, you know, a shortage of black faces in these movies. Uh, but, you know, to know that Kevin Peter Hall was the guy, you know, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of people don't know that the alien was also a black guy. He's an mm-hmm. African, I think. Yeah. And so um, and he may have also died young. I don't know. It would be worth checking into. But yeah, either way. Um, yeah. Uh, that's that's it for me, man. The legacy of we always talk about our creature actors from the past, but you don't often hear Kevin Peter Hall uh, brought up. But man. That was a that was one of the he was he was great really great he was he he gave he, even for the very limited screen time he gave some some uh, interesting performance in this only being his second film uh, and first credited film uh, yeah it's fun seeing him where he started and thinking about where he ended up mm-hmm. is is always interesting uh, you got any final thoughts with without warning Glenn would you would you tell folks if they're fans of anybody in this film to watch it or um i could say yeah and i could say if if, if you want to see how people can be professional even in a bad movie mm-hmm. so i mean the the fact that i mean i don't i don't think any of them film you know like they didn't phone this in right you know palance and and landau i mean they you know and 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 Palance, I mean, Palance has a penchant for a bit of overacting. What? But no. He, but, but he doesn't do it really in this one. No. So he's 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 pretty he's pretty steady and and you know, I mean, mellow for Jack Palance. He's yeah. Out there rapping bigger than anyone, so he's just you know he's just being Jack Palance, and that's enough. It it's almost it's almost as if he saw Landau's performance as like, oh, I've got to back off. You know, <laughs> I, think, I think he was saving it for Hawk the Slayer. Oh yeah, that's true. I gotta he, see this, dude. He's I gotta really over the top in that one. That's yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely was. Um, and yeah, that's my thoughts too. Is uh, just because it's got a low budget and B movie doesn't always mean that the performances are bad. Some people are put in stunt casting, especially nowadays. But back then, uh, you know. Palance and Lando got more than just five minutes of screen time in this. They are major players in the plot. They're, they aren't names just to be tossed in there. And they're acting it like, shit, this is a big studio film because they're actors. And I think that gives these films some of their charm. you know. And that's why I enjoy watching B-movies, especially ones that feature early names, because you can see the talent early with these individuals and you think about their later films and you're just like, wow, you know, it's like they even had it back then, <laughs> you know, Andrew, it's what we talked about, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, you know, we, we talked about that and how you kind of opened my eyes a bit to it, because if you looked at it, yeah, McConaughey was kind of a name, but you know, uh, of, Oh, her name just blew out. Zellweger, of my Thank you. Renee, Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Thank you. God, I hate when my brain farts like that. Renee Zellweger was the, but you could always already see the talent there, you know, and, and that's what I love about these early films, even mazes and monsters with Tom Hanks. If you watch that, not only for, you know, a uh, hall, but if you see Tom Hanks, you could see that the talent was already there. You know, George Clooney and, 
Return of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> George Clooney and Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Sure. I mean, Don, Don will appreciate that you brought that up, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so, what we need to do, man. We need to get Don back in. So, so I guess closing thought for me is it just don't always write off the B movies um, by their budget because it's, if anything, it's interesting to see where these known named actors, these known named actors or up and coming actors that are so big now came from or what they do in a film, even though they know this is, you know, this was the catering budget of my last film, you know, and Jim Palin, they're in this movie and, uh, you know, they put their all into it. So I just, it, that's why I give them a chance sometimes. And I'd say, give this a chance folks. Um, if anything, you'll have some laughs. Watch it with a group of people, and the first time that ravioli frisbee comes flying at the hunter, you're going to chuckle. You're just going to chuckle, because I did. I It came out of nowhere, and I'm just like, oh, man. <laughs> it, it was right. without warning. It was without say. warning. Yeah. Put me in alien shock. That's that's great. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Appreciate just, that. You know, lobbing those, you know. Yeah, you're just, you're definitely lobbing them. Uh, <laughs> so uh i hope everyone enjoyed our discussion on this film um it, it's not deep it's not, not a lot but it's something i've seen worse out of this time period <laughs> for sure um so and anything watch the bar scene you know nothing else so good dude. It's, it's like that's like on a different level in this film <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he actually had to ask Landau to kind of dial things back sometimes. <laughs> no. So we weren't even getting the whole thing. We, we weren't even getting the full Landau. We weren't no. getting the full Sarge. We were just getting the most of Sarge. So yeah. Yeah. the full 90% Sarge is what we were getting. So, <laughs> so uh, thank you so much all for listening to us ramble about this film. And Dude, uh, Glenn, oh, look at it. Not... Glenn's got some raviolis. Oh, my God. Glenn. <laughs> Glenn pulled out some raviolis. Now I want raviolis. Thanks, oh Glenn. Oh my god, that's so I, good, dude. I, I think we might have some. Already... <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I have to tell people, man, that just subscribe to the podcast in audio form. They got to watch this, dude. Look at Glenn's commitment. Glenn's Glenn, co- you're, you're officially the Martin Landau and Jack Palance of this podcast. Yes, you are. Know. Yes, you are. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god! And that looks way better honestly than in the movie it did it did look better than in the movie it, it did i should have so. called the chef <laughs> make me a large ravioli it's throw a large ravioli. <laughs> oh nice thank you andrew yes i am a large ravioli um <laughs> make me one with everything we won't say what's filled what i'm filled with either so and with that, uh, now's my chance to give my crew members, my wonderful friends here, license to shill. So please, uh, license to shill. Andrew, anything you got to shill, please shill away. The floor is yours. Oh, hi. My name is Andrew Schiller. I mean, sure. And uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and been invited. Glenn, it was great to be back with you, man. It's been way too long. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we make movies, my friends and I, here in Athens, Georgia. We're called Gonzerific. G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. We're having our 20th anniversary this year. Um, our next upcoming show will be at Athens Cine on November 12th and 13th, 2021. That will be theatrical, we hope, 
but um, I am planning to also do an encore or pivot to um, the streaming like we had to do in 2020 if need be. But uh, my goal is for everyone to get to see this. Um, we, if you want to support us right now, um, you can watch uh, Space Boobs in Space on um, on Plex. And the Space Boobs in Space uh, does have vampires in it. There's a vampire ass, but I won't tell you how that happens. You'll have to watch. Um, also, if you want to buy some physical copies from us, our latest film is called Areola Jones and the Home Video Vixens. Uh, it's not available on Blu-ray anymore because Mark got the last one, but you can get that on uh, on DVD, and that will, you know, the, the all the money goes toward making these wonderful punk rock feminist B-movie monster pieces. Awesome. And Glenn, you got anything to uh, plug? Go ahead. You got some TikTok going on. I got, I'm on the TikTok with Games in a Bunker just doing weird stuff and talking about games and whatnot, and uh, I am celebrating my seven-year anniversary of not making movies. <laughs> it's been seven years since I did my last one. So wow, it's been seven years since uh... it'll be seven years in October. Wow, well, actually, yeah, seven years in October. I have, uh, yeah, oh, you got I've got two copies of Hell right here. So there you all go. right. So and I think and well, it's... that said, me that Hirsch is no more. Oh no, really? Yeah, well, he's no more with the person who owned it before. I don't know where it is now. I think I, I got uh, I've got prey somewhere too. So, um, but put those I, on YouTube, G. <laughs> they, are. they are, they are, they're on YouTube. His short films are on YouTube. Games in a bunker there have too. You, have right? you never seen them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm games in a man. games in a bunker there as well, right, Glenn? Okay. Uh, in a bunker production. In a bunker productions, absolutely. That's where they are. Okay. So check no, out, man. Back in the day when we were first all getting to know yeah, each yeah. other, I checked out your stuff. Yeah, and and this is great because now as we're wrapping up, we have uh, a wonderful uh, viewership. Thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight on the stream. We are uh, wrapping it up here. Uh, check out Gonzarific. Check out Games in a Bunker. Uh, wonderful, talented folks, part of the Spoiler Room crew here. If at all you're at all interested in, oh, there they are. Look at Cinema Underground. Dude, oh, somebody's got the collection. Look he's got that. the Andrew collection. Nice. That was my first one. Dr. Humstein. Yeah, that was Castle. mine, too. I got that up there, too. That's the 10-year anniversary this year, man. I was going to do a special edition, but uh, I think we'll just keep it special. That's the one you recommended to me to check out first. That was that was a, my heart. That movie is my heart. Ariel so, Gonzarific Films, folks. Uh, check I have it not out. seen Ariel Jones yet, so I yeah. need to get on that. Featuring <laughs> the dulcet tones of Debbie Roshan. There you go. Long time yes. friend, Debbie. Awesome. I was very, very surprised when all of a sudden, like, she started liking some of my posts, and I'm like, why? Why is it? I'm like, oh, because Andrew liked them. <laughs> that, that, okay. that's that's the connection there there's she's a good nowhere i'm like she's a great person how is, how is debbie rashawn seeing my posts oh, oh that's great dude that's awesome but yes if uh anyone's at all interested in anything else that i make uh specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs we also are on linked tree if you go to specialmarkproductions there uh you'll find all our links including a link to our merch store which uh as of this point You've got two days left. If you use the little promo code that's at the top of the web page, you can get uh, 15 per, uh, you get free shipping on your order. And yeah, uh, I'm shilling here. And, and more importantly than any of that, Patreon, we've got that too. But more important, we do still have our 
horror of 1988 poll up please go to specialmarkproductions.com type uh, click on the ho88 link and vote for what horror films from 1988 we will cover for next year's show uh special series that we're doing so uh so far it's been very interesting that are coming up we've got our cannon fodder series which we still have three uh four more films to do this month it was going to be high uh coming up is highlander for september with uh our theme for september is going to be no expiration date in which we're covering films about immortals which includes highlander um as well as old guard uh zardoz and I forgot what the last one is, but <laughs> fucking Zardoz as <laughs> a movie man right there. So we got a lot of great Ooh. stuff coming up at Spoiler Room, and uh, so subscribe to us on iTunes and all your podcast channels and such. So thank you so much for my folks tuning in. Thank you to my crew members and to my listeners out there. Uh, you keep us going strong, and I would just say good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.